Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Cricket Ultras podcast. And joining me from the sunny city of Shanghai during a very quiet week in the cricket world. Darren Burns, how are you? Uh... I think it's finally light at the end of the tunnel for the Australian cricket team. And it is actually quite sunny here in Shanghai today. It's beautiful, no pollution. I'm looking at my window over the park. It's absolutely magnificent. And I'm feeling much more positive today, I must say, Arun, about the whole incidents that are unfolding in South Africa. Mm. Have you got your sandpaper ready for this podcast? <laughs> actually, I saw a very, a very funny meme this morning where it, um, I don't know if you know, but the, the, the Australian breakfast cereal, Wheat Bix, um, is a sponsor of the Australian cricket team, and that someone's missed, someone's uh, created a new a new visual for that called Cheetah Bix, um, and it comes with free sandpaper or free sticky tape. You can make it have a choice. So um, the memes are flying around the internet. It's been a big week. It's been a big week. It's been um, huge. I mean, cricket has hit the front pages for for all the wrong reasons. It seems to be the lead story in the BBC all around the world. Yeah, it's. Um... I mean, where do we start? Uh, for me, the, 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 biggest, the biggest takeaway from, from this week is that David Warner has left the Australian cricket team WhatsApp group. How did it come to this, Darren? Yeah, that's a big, that's a big move, is it? Because as, as you know, if anybody kicks you out of a social media group or if you leave, it, it, it speaks volumes with its, with its, with its um, silence. So he seems to be the most unpopular man in Australian cricket now. The Australia, in, maybe even the world. In world cricket, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's always been a contender for that that particular title. But he seems to have very few friends. No one's defending him. He's been clearly identified by the CA report as, you know, not just the, uh, the instigator, but, um, you know, he, he instructed Cameron Bancroft... Um, he, so he's char he was charged, he has been charged with developing the plan, instructing Bancroft, advising him, and then actually giving him a demonstration in how to doctor a ball. So there's been some memes where people are comparing it to Patrick Swayze's pottery scene from Ghost. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes, that's a good one. And yeah, he's not having... He's not having, I mean, it's, been, it's an awful week for him. He's not, no one's coming to his defense. I mean, Michael Vaughan, who of course is, is, I think, possibly has the loudest mouth in world cricket right now uh, and seems to be enjoying this, this saga a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, you know, he, even Michael Vaughan said, Steve Smith, I think, is a good guy who made a huge mistake. He needed punishing, but I think this is too harsh. Bancroft... Uh, who I don't know was led astray, but deserved punishing, but again, too harshly, in my opinion. The other guy I really don't care about. Mm. Um, Poor yeah, Jonathan Trott came on Twitter, goodbye David, with the hand-waving emoji. Um, yeah. Of course, David Warner was, was pretty brutal towards Jonathan Trott on, yeah, he on was. that Ashes tour. <clears throat> um, do you think David Warner's going to play for Australia ever again? Never say never. It's possible. What I do worry about is, I think during the Ashes, he started to bring back this bull persona. Um, you know, the bull persona before was culminated in the punching or the shoving of Joe Root in a bar several years ago. And, and after that, he seemed to turn over a new leaf. 
He stopped drinking. Um, he became a, a, a teetotaler. Yeah, family man, you know, a couple of kids. He seemed to be on the right track. But during the Ashes, I think it was Ian Chappell or Adam Gilchrist pointed out that they worry about this bipolarism in him, this sort of seeming him going from being this really good guy back into the attack dog all of a sudden. So whether he was trying to cage the beast for several years and maybe he got off the rails in the last few months, I mean, the way he celebrated after the run out of A.B. de Villiers mm. was primal. Yeah, um, he the whole nuts. The whole staircase incident was, was weird. Mm. So I, I do worry about his mental state a little bit. I, I wonder if he's gone off the rails a bit. Um, and I think it's no wonder that he seems to be the guy that everything's falling upon now. I think people in the immediate couple of days after the, the incident on Sunday, or Saturday actually evening, people started to see the pointing fingers at the Dark dark Lord, and that Dark Lord seemed to be Darren Lehman. And then maybe his Padawan was, was Warner. That narrative seems to have changed now after the investigation. And as, I, as we suspected on Sunday, Darren Lehman, I, I suspected he was not involved actually in this, the ball tampering incident. The team culture thing, mm. that's a different issue of altogether. Course, yes. And, you know, he's been... I mean, Darren Lehman's been very contrite um, in his statement. I mean, it, it does look like he didn't know. Um, like many many people apparently didn't know. I mean, you know, I think Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Stark, the other, other members of the leadership group, um, I think have reacted quite angrily to the, to the suggestion potentially that was made by Warner that, you know, other members of, of, the, of the leadership group did know about it. So the leadership group of one other was what he was referring to. I'm guessing that David Warner didn't want to go to the press conference. So I think Steve Smith sort of reluctantly went along with Cam Bancroft. Um, and I think it shows probably their personalities as well. Um, it's unprecedented. I mean, we've never seen this scale of admission before at least during the playing days, we've seen players admit after the fact, you know, Treskothic, Imran Khan, these guys in their memoirs, like after they finish playing, but we've never seen anybody admit it. And no. what we, you know, Faf de Plessis was caught, you know, twice. Rubbing, twice and rubbing onto a zipper, which is a hard foreign object, right? So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, there's a great story um, from Derek Pringle last year. Yeah. The secrets of, of bull tampering, you know, going back, he, he goes back to John Lever's Vaseline strips, Michael Atherton's dirt in the pocket, Imran Khan, I think, has taken a screwdriver onto the field. Um, you know, it happens. And and I I said it on the last podcast, I don't think ball tampering is such a big deal. Mm. I think the punishments handed out here by, the, by, by Cricket Australia, not by the ICC, the, the ICC punishments... You know, ball tampering is a level two offence, so there's actually very little the ICC can do here. Unless um, they change the rules. Unless they change the rules, which is, which is a dif- different question altogether. But I, th- I actually think I, the ICC's got it, got it right in a way. I, d- I don't think ball tampering is, is such a big deal. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think that yeah. the game favours the bat so much these days that, you know, bowlers are going to look for some sort of an advantage. I think we can probably draw the line on at foreign objects being brought onto the field. I was going to say that. I think it's a foreign object thing I, that people worry about. I think maybe they need to spell it out more clearly. Otherwise, you have zero tolerance, which will be hard to do. So it's either zero tolerance for any kind of ball tampering whatsoever, or you make the rules more explicit as to what you can use. And they're quite explicit now, but I mean, maybe even a deeper dive on that and perhaps harsher penalties for bringing foreign objects. Yeah, perhaps. Um, 
But, I mean, regard, not, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, foreign objects should be punished uh, more heavily, perhaps, I still struggle to see how the CA punishments fit this crime, unless these players are being punished, not for the crime, but, but really for the outrage that it's generated. And I'm curious as to your thoughts here, because it does seem to be a very Australian phenomenon, to the extent that, you know, you're seeing people in Australia s suggesting these, these punishments are too lenient. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think what you've seen is a bit of a schism or, or division. I mean, around the world, most people are saying that the, the crime doesn't fit, I mean, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. So right. they're saying it's too harsh of Cricket Australia. Whereas inside Australia, there seems to be this just social media hysteria and outrage that they don't get it long enough. Uh, look, Steve Smith can't play a cricket for another 12 months for Australia. He can't captain for another two years. That's a really big punishment. Yeah, and, um, and Ian Chappell has said he about... won't captain Australia again. He, he said he, he doesn't think he will. Well, that remains to be seen. Um, we've seen big, bigger, bigger comebacks. I mean, the comeback now could be something like either Tiger Woods or Justin Bieber, right? Um, <laughs> so, you know, Tiger Woods still hasn't come back to his best by far. Uh, and Justin Bieber seems to have come back from the depths and he's become a big star again, at least in a couple of years. So um, I'm not a Bieber fan. I'm not a believer, by the way. So just in case you wanted to say that. Yeah, I'm not really um, familiar with Justin Justin Bieber's career, but clearly yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, I always <laughs> thought you you were um, yeah you were you were very very familiar with with his career arc. Yeah, I mean he looks, you know, quite rightly so. I think at the moment Smith looks like a real lost soul. So I just hope he gets some help and that people support him, uh, and he can make his way back because I I think the vitriol in Australia is hard to believe. And what really gets my goat is the outrage of some of these politicians who routinely game the system and yet they have the, you know, the audacity um, to, to bring these guys, Cameron Bancroft in particular and Smith, drag them through the gutter. I mean, for something that is really a minor offense in the big scheme of things. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I just, you know, you hear all these things, right? So the Australian cricket captain, second most important person in the country. So, so maybe that's part of it. It is. And then there, there seems to be, and I don't know if it's, it's connected to the kind of general levels of sanctimony we've seen around Australian sport, um, but there seems to be this sort of, this idea that, you know, any kind of, of rule bending just cannot be tolerated amongst Australian sportsmen and sportswomen yeah, the hard and fair thing. Yeah, it's in a way that just doesn't exist in other countries. I mean, we've seen what's happened. You, you mentioned Faft Duplessis. He became captain a month after his ball tampering charge. I mean, you could argue it helped him. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's willing to do anything for his team. He's a patriot. Makes exactly. Him a captain. I mean, I, you know, we saw Michael Atherton, you know, in the 90s. We've seen, you know, several players that, <laughs> you know, one of the questions I was going to ask you is... Um, who is Dasun Shanaka, and why does he feel lucky, Darren? I was going to ask you that question. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. Well, Dasun Shanaka is a Sri Lankan bowler who was um, done for ball tampering last year. Uh, I think he got, I think he got a one-match ban. I'm not entirely sure. He got a very, you know, just a normal punishment. Probably feels like the luckiest man in the world <laughs> this week. <laughs> Jump you know. the shark. Yeah, I mean, he he. Yeah, he well, he he got nothing like the level of 
of opprobrium that's been directed at these Australian players. A lot of it, I think Trevor Bayliss and many others have pointed out that a lot of this is down to the fact that, you know, as, as we've talked about ad, ad nauseum, um, there are problems with Australia's, I think, kind of behaviour uh, on on the cricket field. And so I think a lot of the, the schadenfreude is, is because of that. I think it's almost like people have been waiting for it to happen, haven't they? I mean, if you look at how Stewie Broad has been loving it, hasn't he? Um, oh, Broad's loving it. I mean, Michael Vaughan. Uh, although, all uh, having said all that, many of them have said that they are surprised at how harsh yeah. these punishments are. I mean, Tino Best, uh, I honestly believe everyone is overreacting to the whole ball tampering thing. There isn't a professional player who hasn't done it. Didn't really yeah. help Tino, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't recall don't recall Tino getting generating a lot of reverse swing. I think he did in his day. Tino was quite sharpish. He'd get a bit of a, the ball tailing back in. Um, the, the thing with reverse swing, it doesn't always work, right? So it, you have to get the ball into a certain state. And obviously, it's also with, to do with the atmosphere and the pitch conditions. So it doesn't always work. And it's not really an exact art. Well, even if it does work, you still have to take advantage. I mean, one of the things that Wasim Akram and Waka Yunus were so brilliant at were you know, they could get it to reverse, but then they could blast out teams with that right. reverse swing. Now, now Australia in this series, there's a really interesting story on Deadspin, actually, which has got some details that I hadn't seen elsewhere. Um, specifically, that the South Africans had actually complained, or not complained, but actually, no, they had, yes. They complained to the umpires during the previous test that they suspected Warner was using tape on his hand to roughen the yes. ball because... The Australians have been generating a lot of reverse swing, not just yes. in this series, but in the Ashes as well, right? Um, and look, I have no problem with that. I think the earlier you generate reverse swing, the better, which is why I, I have a, quite a lax view of, <laughs> of, of ball tampering, because I'm, I'm, I don't know, I think it improves the game. I think reverse swing after 15 overs, especially on these flat tracks that many yeah. tests are being played on, Abrasive. is good. Now, interestingly, the commentator who instructed the station's cameraman in South Africa to track the ball. Do you know who that Felica was? Fanny. Fanny de Villiers. So he was, yes, exactly, Fanny de Villiers. His name's, the African is, is Finica Fanny, I think I'm pronouncing it right, which means forced Fanny. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Wow. Go. How about okay. that? Well done. That's, that's <laughs> impressive knowledge, Darren. So from, from Justin Bieber to Afrikaans, you're just killing it today. <laughs> it's an eclectic approach. <laughs> it really is. Um, so Fanny de Villiers uh, instructed the cameraman to track the ball. They, they searched Correct. for an hour and a half until they saw something. And of course, that and induced the panic in um, Cameron Bancroft. We find out it is sandpaper. Uh, it was instructed um, by, by David Warner. And apparently he gave a masterclass just before Cam Bancroft took it out in his, in his pocket as well. On how to actually apply it to the ball. Why didn't David want to do it himself? <laughs> I guess he thought people were watching him. <laughs> the irony is thick, isn't it? It's um, just, it's, I mean, that is awful because Bancroft, as a youngster, you know, it reminds me of um, a little bit of, of Muhammad Amir, you know, kind of. I mean, he got, I mean, he got five years, right? Yeah, but he was really, you know, he was a youngster and he was kind of caught up in this in the, yeah, in the spot fixing by, by Salman, but, you know, by players who should have known better, more experienced players. Of course. So Bancroft is out for, what, nine months? But, yes, you, you really do have to wonder about the um, the punishment here. Harsha Bogle on Twitter, 
I honestly do not believe any other country would have handed its captain and lead player a 12-month ban for attempted ball tampering. Um, Mazar Arshad. Smith's mistake is he came out clean. Had he denied like the players in the past did, only Bancroft would have been fined. Totally correct. So in a way, you've got to hand it to Cricket Australia for really stepping into the breach where the ICC probably hasn't here. Um, I think what they're trying to do now is classic crisis management. Um, if you notice this morning, one of the key sponsors has already pulled out. I mean, obviously, David Warner's lost his sponsorships. Yeah, um, LG. It's been a big, huge business impact. So Magellan, who was sponsor of the Ashes series, they pulled out this morning. Oh, really? Um, yep, which I think damages two of the other good brands they have. I mean, they do have a great brand in the women's cricket now. The Australian women's team is doing very well. Uh, it's getting more and more engagement. People are watching this, the game more. Um, the Big Bash is doing very well for them. So, so obviously, Cricket Australia have a, have a kind of a suite of brands they need to protect. And I think Test Cricket is, has been held as the pinnacle. Now, what they're trying to do now is move quickly through this whole issue. It seems to be that they're pinning most things on David Warner. Uh, Smith and Bancroft seem to have a bit of... Um, a bit of you know some compassion coming in for those guys yeah um i think what they need to do is move quickly through this stuff now so i think that's what they're doing they're protecting the brand and their business um because this is not about sport this is about business right and, and cricket is big business in australia in india and many other countries so they need to protect the brand and move forward very quickly and they're trying to do that right now yeah and, and there's obviously there's ipl repercussions um so i think I, I, both players are, are out of the ipl is that correct both players are out of the IPL. Not, not, they were captaining their franchises. They're not captaining. They're not playing. Uh, the, the BCCI announced that yesterday. They wouldn't be playing them. Um, so it remains to be seen where they play. They can play club cricket. Right. Um, which we, will be rather degrading, I imagine. Uh, pardon the pun. But I think that um, they also have to do 100 hours community service to cricket. And that might be the club cricket matches. I'm not sure. Or maybe they're going to be groundsmen for the India series, which could be quite funny. Um, <laughs> this year, David, David Watersmith and Bancroft um, helping with ground preparations for the India series. Um, that they, could be quite interesting, I think. They could get um, some tips from Nathan Lyon <laughs> on how to use the heavy roller. Um, they, they certainly could. That'd be quite funny. Um, so I think what I came across this startling stat yesterday. Um, Smith and Warner are set to miss 12 tests, 29 ODIs, and 7 T20s. So listen to these stats. From the last 12 tests, last 29 ODIs, last 7 T20s, um, they've scored 32.7% of Australia's runs. Wow. And 58.1% of Australia's centuries. Yeah. So the loss is huge. Um, and particularly of Smith, who's averaged in his 70s in the last... 5,000 runs. I mean, it really is a big loss financially uh, as far as our test team goes and just for cricket in general. Well, Steve Smith is, is I mean, you know, we talk, we've talked a lot about him, but he's arguably the best batsman um, of, of this decade. Uh, he sure is. You know, test and, batsman, yes. Yeah, and, and that's a loss, a huge loss to Australia. Not just you know, because because of how good he is, but also because of how average everyone else is in that batting lineup. You know, and, and the next best batsman is David Warner. So it's I, I'm feeling good about India's tour to Australia. I think it's <laughs> gonna be great. Well, uh, I think it'll be very competitive. I mean, I, 
you know, part of me is, is thinking, well, India could potentially get a result now. But, you know, you want to play the best team. You don't, you don't want to play a weakened Australia team. I don't think um, the Indian spectators or fans care about that. If they could win in Australia, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be downgrading it because these guys weren't playing, let's be honest. I would downgrade it, personally. You would? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, look, a win's a win in Australia, but missing their, their, their two best batsmen, you have, to, you have to take that into account. If Australia went to India and, and India were missing Virat Kohli and, um, and you know, Rahane or someone, you know, you, you would downgrade that as well. But no. <laughs> a win's a win, dude. A win's a win. You, you um, can only play who's in the park, right? Correct. Uh, Mitchell Stark <laughs> saw a very funny comment on Twitter, which I sent you. So one of the comments that has come out of this is that only these three people knew about it. Yeah. Knew. You love this, don't you? And so, so Mitchell Stark did not know about this. So he just assumed he was Wasim Akram out there. Generating prodigious reverse swing. You love this <laughs> in don't every you? test. There's, match. there's an ominous quote, little video. Too, I don't know if you've seen it from Dame, Darren Lehman, um, and they talk to him about reverse swing, and, and somebody asks him a question whether it's legal or not, and they say you ha- he says you have to ask the ICC about that. Um, it looks quite ominous, but what, what I think they're referring to is you know there are different ways to get a ball to reverse. So obviously the one is shining one side, right? Trying to keep one side shiny and the other one roughs up. Um, of course, there's using sweet sugar, a bit of saliva, right? A dew off the, off, off the pitch, perhaps, or, or, or the grass. I mean, there are myriad ways, stickiness off, the, off chewing gum or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Sugary also, saliva apparently yeah, sugary works saliva. better than normal saliva. It's good it to does. know. Good to it, know. It makes it hard. I'm sure you're, you're already aware of this from your cricketing exploits. <laughs> we, we never did this at, at school. No, um, the Shanghai yeah, the Shanghai League is rife with ball tampering. <laughs> oh, you bet it is. From what I understand, um, yes. And you see some of those balls, and you go, "What the hell is this?" I mean, you guys um, have those. Uh, you have your your N95 masks on, don't you, when you play? We do. And, and we that do. yeah, that provides a very abrasive surface, surface for for ball yes. tampering. Yeah, the N95 masks are good for um, abrasive, especially the little filter on the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the one thing I don't believe, so I kind of feel like that, you know, in general, people are, are being pretty honest about everything. The one thing I don't believe is is the um, suggestion that, that this has never happened before. Not because I think Australia are serial cheaters, but just because I think everyone is doing it. And I don't believe this is the first time Australia has ever you know, this group of players has ever done anything like this. Maybe it was the first time they used sandpaper, but I'm sure they've used, you know, there's, there are many other things that people can use their zips. Um, you know, there is, uh, Warner was, I think, clearly using tape in the tape on his hand in, yes. in the previous test. Um, so, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens now, whether other teams will be a bit more strict uh, in terms of how they, how they get the ball to deteriorate, right? I mean, Hashim Amla, who's, who I have a lot of respect for, I think he speaks quite well about the game. He, he said it's a bit of a wake-up call for everybody. Um, I think they'll probably all look at this and think, wow, you know, we, we need to pull our heads in because they all do it. I mean, everyone does it to a degree, um, whether they use foreign objects or whether they use, as we've talked about, something more... Um, sort of 
accepted. I think everyone thinks about this. And I do think it's the whole culture and behavior issue as well. And so that's why I thought it was quite funny and almost a tad abrasive, pardon the pun, that Darren Lehman actually said we should be looking at New Zealand to build our culture. Um, <laughs> Let's just have a, we, we, need, we, need to, we need a special moment for this, I think. This is a, I think we do need a special this moment. is, I mean, I don't think anyone has ever seen this coming. The Australian cricket coach no. has said, we must take a leaf out of New Zealand's culture. You know, I remember when Australia beat New Zealand in the World yes. Cup final. I was embarrassed. It, it was embarrassing. The, the, there was such boorish behavior by the Australians yeah. in the field. And then afterwards, you had Australian players. I think it was, it was, was it uh, the wicketkeeper, Brad Haddon, on a radio show saying, these New Zealanders, yeah. they're too nice. It really annoys me. I hate it. They're so nice on the field. And, uh, and how things have changed. I mean, I think, I think, what, what's interesting, and I, I think another thing that this is built up to, Arun, is mm. even in Australia, this current team is not particularly very liked. Um, and I find myself as an expatriate Australian having conversations with many cricket lovers around the world. Um, I was embarrassed, for example, in the World Cup final in 2015. We have a good team. We had a better team in New Zealand. We won deservedly, yet we rubbed, rubbed our noses in the opposition. I just think it's not the right way. During the Ashes was the same. I thought we always thought we'd win. We had probably a much better team. But yet the way they won wasn't very gracious. Um, and nobody likes ungracious winners, right? Um, whether it's in any sport. And I think this, this is why the backlash has been so strong because people have seen this coming. Yeah. Um, they haven't liked the attitude they've seen. Some of the ridiculous and boastful statements in the media. I mean, come on. Hey, if you're the best, the line. If you're the best player in, in the world or one of the best, you don't need to talk about how good you are, right? You just go and do it, right? Um, and it's a sort of arrogance and swagger and you know, a line crossing you know, and saying that everybody has to play according to the Australian line, you know, you can't cross over and be personal. It's just a joke, right? Yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's all payback, I think. Yeah. From, from various and That's sides. why it's been so strong. It's payback from, from fans of other countries. Yeah. Although even they, I think, are now kind of wondering about the harshness. But it's even within Australia, I think there's been growing, it seems like there's been growing disquiet about the behavior of, of this cricket team and so even within Australia I think this there's a measure of payback here with with these with these punishments yeah and, and I think in Australia you know Australians always have this kind of tall poppy syndrome where if somebody gets too tall and too high above everybody else it's they love to cut them down and I think we're seeing this right now that they've been put on a pedestal but they've raised the pedestal themselves and I think it's a lot of things right the sponsorship has increased a lot they're getting paid a lot more they go to the IPL and get paid a couple of million bucks, it goes to their head, right? I, I think they almost start to think they're a bit invincible and this has really brought them down to earth. Yeah, they, yeah and they're in a bubble as well. I think that was the other thing. I mean, what, what, what was startling, when you look back on it now, what was startling was um, I think the idea that, that, that Smith and Bancroft could just front up to the media and it would just all blow over. You know, that was deluded, I think. Uh, but you can understand it when they're living in that bubble perhaps. Now, Darren Lehman survives. Um, the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord. I mean, we were talking about contenders to replace him because he may still go. There's, there's a, I think so. There's a wider inquiry into culture. Uh, and Darren Lehman has presided over, you know, this era, I guess, since, you know, he came in after Mickey Arthur, who did really try to change the culture, by the way, 
for this yeah. Australian team. Well done. And he uh, was dumped. <laughs> well, you know, he did try to get them to do homework. He did. <laughs> that was Australians don't like to do homework, don't you know that? <laughs> that was one step <laughs> too far. Um, and this was supposed to be the sort of a, a, a new era. That was. He may go. Justin Langer apparently is waiting in the wings. Uh, Michael Clark's available, as we know. You know. I think he wants to be captain, coach, and commentator, which is kind of the, <laughs> the you know, the, the full package. So he can sort of captain and coach at the same time. Then when he's not batting, he can go up to the commentary box and talk about his players on air. Um, he's a, he's the full package. <laughs> he's actually a very good commentator, Michael Clark. He is good. He's he, he does he, yeah. I, I've been quite impressed by him. And he's well dressed too. Now, what do you think about some of these Australian ex-players? In particular, Steve Waugh came out with a really long, like a really long statement about the spirit of cricket. Now, Steve Waugh, obviously legend, but all of this started under his watch. Yeah. This kind of decline of, you know, this mental disintegration, the mm. constant chirping. I mean, is he really in a position to... Well, he, I guess he argues that they had, they built, they redid this culture thing, right? When he became captain and he, he says everyone knew what the line was um, and they weren't ball tampering and everything else. But I mean, who knows? It's been going on for years. I mean, in one form or another. So I think it's, maybe it's, we can say it's been heading this way for 20, 25 years. And now it's coming, the chickens are coming home to roost. I think some of the, you know, what about the chairman and the CEO? I mean, these guys must also share some of the blame, right? They appointed all these guys. Well, they Sutherland's been there for a long time, right? 16 years or so. I mean, he he must know this culture. He, he must have seen it up close. You can't tell me he's that far removed. I mean, maybe he's removed. Sure, it's the whole cricket enterprise that he runs. But he's appointed Lehman. He's appointed the captain. They've all overseen this stuff going on. Um, maybe they're all too cozy. It seems to be a bit of a mate setup now with... And you've got Mark War and all these ex-players around David Lehman's age that are sort of wrapped up in the seniority of the of uh, cricket Australia now. So maybe it's a bit cosy. I think that's honestly that's the case in every country. I mean, it is a bit of an old boys club, um, but questions have to be asked, not just of of the players and the coach, but of the the senior administrators as well. Um, if if the players are attracting such serious sanctions, then you know, you have to wonder why are the administrators not uh, not being asked questions. I think there will be. We haven't seen the end of this, by the way. This is still ongoing. Side. Oh yeah. Well, they love the process. Cricket they Australia. They <laughs> integrity. Really, they really love the process. I love the integrity guy as a lawyer. Yeah, and and the comms, the comms person has been quite prominent. Yeah, I, I tried to find out if we can get a gig doing their crisis communications, <laughs> but you know, to no avail. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would they, love to work on this, man. Have they got an agency? I'm sure they, they must have. I, I think they're doing it in-house. They're doing it in-house? I'm pretty sure. Well, you know, they need to, they need to watch the bottom line, Darren. An agency I, like yours doesn't come cheap. <laughs> and they probably need to do a global outreach campaign versus doing an Australia campaign. Oh, wow, That's just my, my, my initial advice. You're just giving away <laughs> advice for free here. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so a cu- couple more things. Um, so just going back to David Warner and, and actually sticking on this PR agency theme, he, he, any of our listeners who are, who are familiar with the, the big PR story from last year, David Warner appears to have become the Bell Pottinger of the cricket world. He is expendable, it seems. <laughs> and no, one, no one's willing to defend him. That's right. And finally, I think if we're going to talk about ball tampering, 
I think Derek Pringle actually, a very good suggestion in his story last year, allow bowlers to do what they like to the ball using only what is available in the course of a day's play. Fingernails, sun lotions and lip screens from their skin only, not shirts, (laughs) not shirts or trousers impregnated with the stuff. Sugary saliva. Mm. I mean, they're going to ruin their teeth, but they're all adults. Uh, Hair gels, spit. (laughs) and sweat, all allowed. But outside agents, knives, bottle tops, forgot about bottle knives. tops, <laughs> sandpaper, <laughs> screwdrivers, uh, would not and incur financial and run penalties. I don't think that's, I don't know, I, th- I think that's fairly common sense. And, and it's not too far off. The, what, what about spikes on the bottom of your shoes? That's a no? re- yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. Let's, let's come back next time on that. Okay, right. Darren, who's going to captain Australia at the World Cup? That's a good question. Um, well, I think the World Cup is next year, right? 2019. Mm, yes. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Maxwell or Finch. Wow. Um, yeah, Finch, I've heard. There's talk about um, Mitchell Marsh as well being a captain. Ooh. Um, so I think some of those... Mitchell Marsh has done quite well uh, captaining Western Australia, and I think he's matured as a cricketer. Um, he has. So he's he's a very good one day player. Um, so I think it's probably one of those three. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, we have a test match coming up. <laughs> South, we, we South have two, Africa. We have two test matches coming. We up. have two, but South Africa Australia. Uh, Darren Lehman has basically said, you know, it's it's like the least of their worries right now. The test I match. I think that's not a very. I think that's not right. I mean, I, I think the Australian public would like to see a good showing. If they get, if they get, if they keel over in this Test match, I think it makes matters even worse. Um, people would like to see a bit of fight, and you know, if they've got batsmen that are in form coming over, I mean, they'll be a bit jet lagged. Um, they're flying straight into the team, but they have the same bowling attack. It's just a matter of whether Tim Payne and Lehman can get them fired up enough to re- get their head back in the right space. Um, and they're professionals, right? What's the the view of Tim Payne? You know, people saying he's he's a great bloke. He's you know, he's not had um, a lot of experience in, in the international team, I don't think. Um, but people are saying he's, he's exactly the kind of person who, who can help in this situation. He, he doesn't have all this behavioral baggage that the others do. They both made their debut together, uh, you know, in 2010. Yeah, ages um, ago as well. There was a lot thought of Tim Payne at the time, and he was, he was opening the batting in T20s. He played a few tests. He got injured. He broke his fingers, I think, in a T20 exhibition match or something. Took a long while to recover from that. But you know, he's been in and out of the Tasmanian team the last couple of years. He was struggling to make the first eleven, which is the kind of uh, the first class team in Tasmania for the for the Australian Sheffield Shield. Uh, what a story! I mean, he's gone from being the second string keeper there to being the national keeper, and I must say, doing quite a good job. Uh, and his batting has been okay, so he's probably a solid and steadying influence. Apparently, he's a really decent, honest guy. Um, that will help. Which is what they, know, what, they, what they need at the moment. And he's, he hasn't got a bad cricket brain either. So I'm not sure if he's a long-term captain, but he's definitely the interim guy at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and go for somebody more long-term, like a Mitchell Marsh or even Pat Cummins. The only trouble you have with Pat Cummins is maybe his, his body, right? He might break down or be in and out with injuries. Um, but, but that could be an interesting combination, perhaps even Marsh and Cummins. Mm. Take us through who's going to replace uh, Smith, Warner, and Bancroft. Well, it's interesting because they've flown out 
Um, obviously, the two the two openers will go on probably are Burns and Renshaw okay. from my state, Queensland. Um, so very good players, both of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. Right. obviously, I think you've you've seen Renshaw, you've seen Burns in the national team. Both have scored hundreds. I think Renshaw scored about five hundreds in a row in the Shield. Um, he's a very good looking long term player. Still only twenty one. I think Burns is late twenties. I think I'd be very. I think they should bring Maxwell in instead of Hanscom. Hanscom looked all out of sorts during the Ashes. Uh, you saw him bat there. I mean, he's 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 already there in South Africa. Of course, um, yeah, he's famous for made, the walkie-talkie. And, and the smirk on the walkie-talkie. I think he walked out and said, what the fuck are you guys doing out here? Um, yeah, he was he was relaying the message, right, yeah. from, from Darren Lehman. From Dar- Dazza Lehman. Um, look, I think I would prefer to bring Maxwell in to the game. I think Maxwell has an X factor and he won't be worried about what's happened. I think he's much more resilient than that. I think he might be, you know, if you're a South African team, they don't want him to play, right? Look, if you, if you ask Fafta Flessi, who would you prefer to have on the team, right? Uh, Hanscom or Maxwell? He's going to say Hanscom, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Well, you're right. You're right. I just wonder if, you know, Maxwell has been characterized as a limited overs player. And I mean, it, it, if he's got what it takes to bat through sessions and, and play sensibly rather than just... Well, he scored know. 100 in India, right? Yeah, it's a fair point. Fair um, point. Yeah, yeah. He's so harsh around sometimes. But yeah, he has to be consistent, <laughs> I think, is what, what, the, what the issue is. He, I mean, he looks a million bucks. Then the next week he, he scores nothing and gets 100. I mean, he's been batting quite consistently, I would say, the last few years. Yeah. He's box office. I'm a fan. I, I, I want to know whether he's in the team WhatsApp group. And you know what? You, you suspect that um, Smith doesn't like him, don't you? So maybe it, it gives him a bit of a pathway into the team. <laughs> you know, it's funny that he gets recalled immediately, right? As soon as Smith is out. And, and you know, we've talked about it before. We are, we've been surprised he hasn't been picked for previous matches. Um, okay, so that's the next test match. It's really hard to see a situation where South Africa doesn't win, not just because of everything that's happening to Australia and they're losing their two best batsmen, but also, South Africa should be noted have been playing really well. They have um, been. That's, that's very true. You must say that. I mean, so your your prediction of three one looks pretty accurate, Arun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if if you uh, if you flip it around, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm happy to hold hold my hand up and say I got it completely wrong. I think I over, I kind of over extrapolated based on the ashes. And I think again, it's what we're seeing in New Zealand. I think England make other attacks look good. They do. Um, which is a nice segue into our next segment. I, I think I saw a very interesting article this morning from Andrew McLashan on Crick Info comparing the New Zealand attack to the firepower of the Australian attack during the Ashes, which I find extremely surprising. And again, the common denominator is England. They make everyone look good. That's true. I mean, this New Zealand attack looked really good in the first Test match, dismissing England for 58. Obviously, Trent Bolt and Tim Southey uh, Providing and then of course uh, Wags Neil Wagner uh, bowling really well. So three good pace bowlers. Todd Assel um, as the spinner bowled very well. Sadly, he's going to miss the second test mm. um, because he's got an injury. So Ish Sodhi has been called up. Is he still the number one T Twenty bowler? He, no, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Maybe but top he's, five. Well, he's not even the number one New Zealand leg spinner apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so. But he's got a chance to resume his test career because Mitchell Santner is still out with a knee injury. Uh, so he's been bowling well in the Plunkett Shield. Yes, <laughs> <Sorry>. Plunkett, yeah. 
Yeah, sorry. Shouldn't should not laugh at, at New Zealand's You're a plucked bowler, weren't you? <laughs> shouldn't laugh at New Zealand's premier um, cricket competition. Uh, but he took seven for thirty in the first innings. Uh, although I don't know, I'm not sure how how great the competition is. And then seven for ninety eight against Otago in the match before that. So Ish Sodhi is is in form, and he'll come come in. And uh, England have really got to perform. It looks like Moeen Ali is going to be dropped. Um, a lot of question marks over yeah. over you know a number of England players. Uh, the, the the bowling in particular, you know, Chris Wokes is averaging sixty one outside England. Wow, I, I recall reading. Um, England have bowled teams out. What is it? Three times on this winter tour. Mm. Uh, Broad is is kind of off color. Uh, Anderson didn't have a, a brilliant match. They may bring back Mark Wood. Um, yeah. They may also bring in. For Moeen Ali, I think there's, you know, there's options in terms of whether they bring in uh, Liam Livingston um, or they may bring in uh, the spinner Jack Leach uh, because Mason Crane is, is, has migrated <laughs> back to England. <laughs> Migratory bird yeah. with the winter. Um, look, I, I, think, I think they're struggling, aren't they? They haven't won a game on tour, I think, for 13 matches in a, in a stretch, in a row. Mm. This will be the 13th game they haven't won. They've you know, lost or drawn. Uh, they need some inspiration, and I think what they're doing right now is is not really working. I think they probably need to overhaul the way they look at their test team. Um, they it'll probably need to get uh, our friend from Australia, the coach, Trevor Bayless, to focus on limited over games, maybe T20s and the one-day cricket. Bring get, in a bring test, the test coach. coach. Yeah, could help. I mean, another thing they're saying is they may drop Craig Overton um, because he didn't bowl particularly well in Auckland, but he's not exactly really? getting... Yeah, he's not exactly he's getting... He's not getting carded, he's, exactly. He's not getting a stretch of matches to he's prove not. himself, is he? Well, I think they're keen to get Wood in just because he's... I mean, he's he's done it, I guess, Yeah. at, at the test level. So, anyway, it's not looking great for England. Before we go, I, I do want to ask you one question. Sure. And I know you love this so much. <laughs> is the World Cup qualifying tournament finished? I'm not sure, Darren. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Because, you know, every time I think it's over, something happens. Some, some game <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Uh, you know, some, some sort of new qualifying round emerges. Um, from what I understand, all, all of my sources suggest... <laughs> The, the, the competition is finally over. It is finally um, over. Well done. Uh, who won the final? I don't even know who won the final. Afghanistan. Afghanistan won. They, they did, beat the West yeah. Indies in the final. They beat the West Indies. Actually, the, the big story to emerged from, from that tournament, I don't know if it's from this tournament, but the um, Zimbabwean batsman uh, or Zimbabwean player reported a match-fixing approach. He did. Um, by, from a, Zim, a Zimbabwean official, correct? <laughs> nice. Who's, who's now been banned for... For life now, that is a serious offence, far more serious, serious offense. than ball tampering, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I have think, to have strong, solid evidence. Well, I think he's. I, th- I think he's. They've they've got him banged to rights, and and you know, I think in this case, um, the the procedures are, are working as they should. So they've suspended this Zimbabwe official for twenty years. So you know, anyone I think saying the ICC is too lenient, I think they've got it. They've got it right here. I, I, this is probably 
an issue for another podcast. But I, I must say in closing, I think we did pretty well on Sunday with some of our predictions. We thought that the players involved would get at least six to 12 months we did. suspension. Uh, we thought that people would be stood down pretty quickly. They were. Yep. Um, you thought have, Darren Lehman would survive? It, yes, and he has so far. Um, there's going to be some sort of cultural inquiry, which I think I think Sutherland's overseen like three or four inquiries. <laughs> um, the Argus Review, and they make these changes, but nothing really happens to it. I, I think it's it's probably time for him to go. I, I think a coach, you know, he's been there four years, uh, or is it five? That's quite a long time for a coach. I think you sort of need to turn them over every four or five years to get a bit of new blood and new thinking. So it's about the right time anyway, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not sure Lehman will survive this inquiry into culture, but as you've said, it's about time. I think he he was expected to go next year anyway. So, yeah. you know, it, by the time this inquiry finishes you know it'll be less than a year until his term is up yeah um so it would not be a big surprise all right um well a lot as you would expect on ball tampering um but a lot more to come i imagine yes a lot more indeed now our next episode we are very lucky we're going to be joined by our first guest um at long last uh, <laughs> It will be, yeah, it will be uh, Tim Cutler, who previously um, headed the Hong Kong Cricket Association. Uh, and not only is he an authority on Hong Kong cricket, but I suspect uh, he has plenty to say on ball tampering. And of course, on our favorite subject, the World Cup qualifier. So <laughs> please do stay tuned for that. And thank you all for listening.